And we're just going to get going here real quick today, 23rd Psalm today. In the book of Psalms, a wonderful book. Boy, a lot of great Psalms. Psalm 90, Psalm 68, uh, Psalm uh, 119. We're going to be in the 23rd Psalm today. Just want to be an encouragement with you today. And I'll probably run just a little behind today, but we're going to try to keep right on schedule uh, with uh, some of the sound problems we were having today. But God's good, amen? Devil's always at, the devil wasn't aggravating you, you weren't, you're not doing something right probably, amen? We see this great psalm that David wrote. David wrote this psalm later in his life, and I don't know about you, but uh, yeah, hopefully we learn a little bit as we get a little older, amen? As, as children were learning all the time, uh, when you come into the years of teenager, then you know everything, amen? And then as you get beyond teenage years, you start realizing you maybe have some more to learn. But David wrote this psalm, and he's... And when he was a little older in age, and I see some great truths in here, there's at least uh, 17 different attributes in this psalm today, uh, and uh, we won't uh, cover them thoroughly at all, but I just wanted to point out a couple of those. And we read this psalm here, we're familiar with it. As David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We see, first of all, in this psalm, we see God's great, God's great salvation. God's great salvation. You know, as young people gave testimony today, many of them gave testimony of how God has saved them, how he's uh, come into their heart and their life and changed their life. And as we see David the, this morning in the book of Psalm 23, when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, um, he could have said several things. He could have said, the Lord is a shepherd. That would certainly be true. He could have said, the Lord is the shepherd, which is certainly true as well. But he didn't say that because, you see, David had a personal relationship with God. And therefore, David could say, the Lord is my shepherd. And you see, that's our hope today, that for all of us in this room today, in this auditorium today, that we can say the same as David, and we can join him in saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Not just a shepherd or the shepherd, but my shepherd. You see, it's a, it's a position of ownership. And boy, it makes all the difference in the world. We were coming in yesterday, and it's not unusual, especially in this uh, side of the state, to see some very nice cars. And our boys had pointed out some really nice cars that they had saw. They saw a, uh, a Ferrari yesterday, and they were pointing out the color. And boy, they thinks, you know, boys can spot those things from miles away. And they were pointing out, and there's a Ferrari. Oh, that's neat. That's a such and such model. And da da da. And they knew some stats on it. They were hollering at You know, but for one of those boys to say, that's a Ferrari. It's one thing, if they'd have said, that's my Ferrari, oh, whole different program, isn't it? Big difference, you see, and uh, then, because I would take ownership of it then, amen, but uh, uh, they couldn't say that. Today, it's my prayer that you can say the Lord is your shepherd, as David did. The Lord's my shepherd, that ownership, and we see that's so important. And if you can say that God is your shepherd, my shepherd, and we begin to think about what a shepherd does, well, there's another whole message we won't take time for today. But you know, a shepherd, what a shepherd does is he protects his sheep. He leads his sheep. He provides for his sheep. And isn't that exactly what God does for us? As his sheep, he protects us. In, in, in so many ways that we probably aren't even aware of. Times you went to pull out on a highway and just maybe took one extra look to the left and saw a car coming you were getting ready to pull out in front of. The Holy Spirit had you do that. God protects. He leads us and guides us along life's road. Uh, and, and He protects us and leads us and He provides for us in miraculous ways. So in this 23rd Psalm, first of all, we see God's great salvation. Secondly, we see here God's great supply. David says, I shall not want. Isn't God good to us? He provides us so often, not only with the things that we need, but even the desires of our heart. 
He provides for us things that beyond our needs, things that we just like to have. Oh, God is so good, and I can certainly speak of that and God's blessings. And I can tell you so many stories of how God has blessed us at Hope Children's Home and how he has provided for us. I can tell you a story of, uh, of some of the children sitting around and, and uh, um, praying for very specific items and God bringing those items uh, to pass uh, within a, just a short period of time. I think of uh, uh, young, uh, uh, some of the young ladies were praying for uh, cereal, praying for Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats. And while they were literally praying for, uh, during their devotions one evening, praying for Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats, someone knocked at the door with a case of Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats. Now, you explained that. And there was a story behind that. They'd bought them, the the fellow's wife had bought those uh, several weeks ago to take out to the children's home. And and her husband hadn't done it, hadn't done it. And so far, he came in late from work this evening, about 7 o'clock, he said. And she said, you're taking those to Hope Children's Home right now. I don't care what's going on. And he almost begrudgingly brought those things out. Came out the home at 8 o'clock at night, right when the kids were having their devotions, right when they were praying for it, Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats. I shall not want, David said. Oh, I could tell you so many stories of how God has done that. We had one this week that was absolutely miraculous. It's probably one you'd have to be more involved in to quite get the, the, the blessing that it was. But we're currently uh, in, in the mode of building another cottage on Hope Children's Home. And I don't, I'm sure it's not this way over here, but over in Tampa, the permitting processes are horrendous. And we've had so many challenges and difficulties and struggles. Uh, our project was approved six years ago, and we went to just refresh one of our permits for a building. It's been a year and a half getting it refreshed. Now we're right in the middle of building this thing. We're about 80% done with this cottage. I mean, Pastor, it's dried in. It's almost ready. I mean, you, we're down to painting the drywall. And the fire marshal came up last week and said, uh, no, 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 this, this won't work. You guys are going to have to put in a water supply tank because our property is all well and septic. Our whole 55 acres runs off of wells. And so they wanted me to put in a 30,000-gallon supply, water supply tank. It's going to cost well over $100,000. We didn't have that. And it was going to shut the whole project down. And we need to get more children in those cottages. Amen? More children like this. And so we went and met with her, and by the time we met with her, she said, you know what, I've thought about it, Uh, we're not even going to allow that, you're going to have to hook up to city water. Well, we've checked on that over the years, it would cost tens of millions of dollars. So in essence, when I walked away this past Monday from the fire marshal's office, our project was completely shut down and devastated. Now, we had appeals and things we were going to go through, but those hardly ever changed because we were already at the top of the food chain on this one. And so it was looking like they were going to make us hook up to city water, which means I have a building that three-quarters of the way built that it wouldn't be anything but a storage building. And no more cottages. We're wanting to build three more after this one. And so, boy, I went home, and I was... You ever been that way where you're awake all night, and you're just talking to the Lord, and you'll doze off and wake up, and you talk to the Lord? Tuesday morning, the fire marshal calls me, and let me tell you that she was the real deal. When I met with her, I mean, she had her uniform in place. She had everything where it ought to be. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was a chief, and boy, I mean, you know, I mean, it was just the real deal. She called me Tuesday, and I answered the phone. I said, uh, hello, uh, chief, and she said, oh, no, call me Tammy. I'm like, oh, okay. Now, folks, I don't know what God had did overnight, and I didn't know where that conversation was going, but she said, I've reviewed everything and I've changed my mind on this and you can go ahead and build the rest of your cottages just as you had. What a blessing. Praise the Lord. I mean, praise the Lord. 
And so God be the glory for that, and that's just the most current thing where David says, I shall not want, and we get ourselves all worked up sometimes. We just need to turn it over to God, amen, and to see God work. So we see God's great salvation, God's great supply. Then look with me in verse 3. David said, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We see, thirdly today, we see God's great service. God's great service. Can I just say today what a privilege it is to serve God, amen? What a privilege it is to serve God. And there's so many unique ways to serve God. There's not just one way. There's many, many, many ways to serve God. You know, we had the worship team up here today. Folks have to come in sometime and vacuum this carpet. That's serving God. We have junior church workers going on right now. That's serving God. Y'all have Awanas here on, what, Wednesday night probably? That's serving God. You have a Christian school over here. We have Christian school teachers, janitors. That's serving God. Y'all have maintenance staff, I know, for a campus this big. That's serving God. You've got a pastor. That's serving God. You've got folks that greet out here and pass out the bulletins. That's serving God. You understand what I'm saying? There's a lot of ways to serve God, but can I say what a privilege it is? What a privilege it is to serve God and to find some way to serve the Lord. And I dare say, I don't know, are all the needs filled here, Pastor? Or do you, you could still use folks somewhere? You, he said you can still use some folks serving the Lord. So there's probably some areas you can plug in at the church that they can still use your help. What a privilege it is to serve God. Well, I've found that in life, there's a few things that, that I think has to take place for us to have a true fulfillment and happiness in life. First of all, I think we need security. I think we need security as an as a individual. My father, uh, I grew up in the Midwest in Indiana. My father was a factory worker, just an average blue-collar family. My father went to work five, six days a week. He worked in, uh, back then when automobile part factories were really big, and he manufactured automobile parts on an assembly line. And uh, worked in an old sweatshop. It was, you know, hot in the summer, cold in the winter. And he worked there about 23 years of his life. Even had a point where one of the machines malfunctioned and cut, cut one of his fingers off. I mean, he was a hard, my father, hardworking, provided for his family day in and day out. He was going to work one morning as he'd done for 23 years. And as he walked up to the front door that he'd entered into thousands of times, there was a log chain around that door with a big lock on it. And it said, out of business. That was it. 20 some years of his life, gone, done, period. He ended up getting just a little bit of a retirement that basically pays his light bill today. Not much there. You know, there's no security in this world. There's no security in this world. Stock markets are doing great today. Might not be next month. We have uh, maybe good health today, hopefully, but might not be that way in the future. There's just no security in this world. But one of the things we truly need in life is security. And as you've heard today from the young people, the security that we have is in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where our security is at. Our security is in God, the God that never changes. The Lord Jesus Christ who loves us and died on Calvary's cross for us. That's where our security is at. And I believe that we need something else in life, not only security, but I, need to, I believe that we need to do something significant with our life. Let me ask you a question today. What are you doing today that will be here 100 years from now? What are you doing today that will be here 100 years from now? Maybe they're going to erect a statue of you over in the center of town. I heard they're working on that for Pastor Gary. I'm not sure if that's true or not. I heard, heard that's in the make. But seriously, what are you doing now that will be here 100 years from now? Is there just going to be a period one day? When I was eight years old, my, I, grew, I, was, I grew up in a home that was dysfunctional. 
Eight years of age, I'd never been in church. My dad had been saved, actually been a, Baptist, been a deacon in a Baptist church. Never knew that. He'd gotten out of church, gotten wayward, backslid as we'd call it. And at eight years of age, some folks came by and knocked on our door of the house, and they had a bus route, wanted me to ride the bus. It sounded like fun, so I thought I'd do it. So I jumped on that bus that morning, eight-year-old boy, went to church that morning, and for the first time in my life, I heard the plan of salvation. I heard the gospel. I heard how Jesus died for me on Calvary's cross, was buried and rose from the dead, and that if I would ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins, he would, he would forgive me of my sins, he would save me, and that heaven could be my home forever. Well, I, I sound like a great thing to me. But as Sunday school hour ended, and that's where it was happening at during Sunday school, I was getting ready to leave the room. Don't know that I'd ever had a chance to make the decision. I didn't know how. But a dear elderly gray-haired gentleman tapped me on the arm, and he said, would you like for me to show you how to be saved today? And I said, yes. And so he stayed back, and he showed me from God's Word some verses, and I accepted Christ as my Savior that day as an eight-year-old boy. Amen? Praise the Lord. I came home that day, and I can remember it just like it was yesterday. I remember walking in the back door of our house. My dad was standing there at the counter with the Sunday paper laid out, kind of flipping through it. And I came right up beside him and looked up at him, and I said, Dad, I said, I got saved today. And my dad began to cry. I said, Dad, why are you crying? He said these words. He said, because if you were counting on me to be saved, it might not have ever happened. And my dad, the very next Sunday, went back to church. And now over 40 years later, outside of an illness or something, he's never missed a day. My dad got back in church, got our family back in church. I attended a Christian school uh, because of that day. I met my wife at that Christian school, much similar to your Christian school. We got involved in the church there. Uh, I married my wife in that church. We raised our boys in church. Uh, my boys, went, two boys that we were blessed with, went off to Bible college. Both married pastors, daughters, have been serving in the ministry with hope for with us for years. My grandchildren now are starting to get saved. It all goes back to that eight-year-old boy, to one man, that dear gray-haired gentleman, that dear gray-haired gentleman that came in that day and asked me if I wanted to be saved. Say, what's your point? What's going to be here a hundred years from now? It's anything you're doing for the Lord. It's anything you're doing for the Lord. That gentleman had no idea that day that that little snotty-nosed eight-year-old boy, that God was going to do anything with his life. But because of that moment, that Sunday school teacher, that Sunday school helper, and that's the reason it's so important we're serving God, it's changed everything. And so we see here God's great service, God's great salvation, His great supply. We see God's great spirit, and we're going to close up this morning. David said in verse 5, Thou anointest my head with oil. The Old Testament, we know that oil is a typification of the Holy Spirit. May I just say today, and just touching this point very briefly, how blessed we are to have the Holy Spirit. God dwelling within us. Can you imagine such a thing? The creator of the universe, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, dwelling within us in the form of the Holy Spirit. What a blessed people we are to have God would, would even consider such a thing. But yet He's there to guide us, to direct us, to give us wisdom and discernment as parents, to, to have discernment over our children, as a preacher, to be able to preach with power from God's Word. And all that we need, we'd see God's great Spirit. And then closing today, we see God's great sanctuary, where David said, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If we had time today, we could look over in Revelation 21, and we'd see that new Jerusalem. 
Listen, folks, it's not a fairy tale. If you know Christ is your Savior, one day we're going to dwell together forever with the Lord. Amen? We're going to have a time we'll spend in that new Jerusalem where there'll be streets of gold. What we use for asphalt down here, they're going to use for gold up there. Amen? We're going to have walls of precious stone and gates of pearl, and that's where we're going to be. And you better learn to like each other. We're going to be together a long time. Amen? We see God's great sanctuary. What a wonderful psalm this is. And we take it for granted many times. It has so much depth and truth in it. And I'll close with just stating these 17 attributes that I found in this psalm. We see the Lord is my shepherd. That's a relationship. I shall not want. That's supply. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That's rest. He leadeth me beside the still waters. That's refreshment. He restoreth my soul. That's healing. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. That's guidance. For his name's sake, that's purpose. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's testing. I'll fear no evil, that's protection. For thou art with me, that's faithfulness. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, that's discipline. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, that's hope. Thou anointest my head with oil, that's consecration. My cup runneth over, that's abundance. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, that's blessings, and I'll dwell on the house of the Lord forever. That's security in all eternity. What a wonderful psalm this is and a reminder of how good God is to us. And I pray that it's been an encouragement to you today. Through the children singing, their testimonies, through God's Word. The greatest desire I know of myself and your pastor and the others here is that you would know the Lord as your shepherd, that you could take a personal ownership of that, that you've accepted Christ as your Savior and if you're here today for some reason and you don't know for sure, if you were to die today that heaven's your home, today in just a few moments we're going to have a decision time where you can come forward and someone will help you from God's word know how you can be saved. The same as I was as an eight-year-old boy. Maybe today you've drifted a little from God. It's time to come back and nail it to the cross, as the children sang, and to get your life back on track with God. Maybe through this missions month, God's touching you in some way, maybe through your giving or maybe to go. God's calling some to go. I'm thankful for those who go. That's our staff at Hope Children's Home. Amen. We've got to have those who are willing to go and those who are willing to give. And maybe God's touched your heart in some special way. Maybe you're just extra thankful today for God's blessings. And during the decision time, you'd like to come forward this morning. Let's stand to our feet this morning with our heads bowed and eyes closed. And we're going into the decision time this morning. And thank you for your patience and attendance this morning. If you'd say today, Brother Mike, there's no doubt in my mind, I can remember a time, a date, a place in my life that I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. I know Christ is my Savior. I know that heaven's my home. There's no question about it. Can you raise your hand in testimony of that today all over the auditorium? I know Christ is my Savior. No doubt about it. Many, many hands. Thank you. you may put them down. And maybe someone today couldn't raise your hand. I thank you for your honesty. You say, Brother Mike, God's touched my heart today. I'm not sure that I'm saved. I'm not sure that if I were to die, that heaven's my home. But God's speaking to my heart about that. I feel His tugging. And would you pray for me about that? And I'd no way embarrass you in any way in the world. Won't call you out at all. But I'd like between you, me, and God just to pray for you. You'd say, Brother Mike, uh, would you pray for me? And as your friend, can I pray for you today? You're not sure about your salvation, but you'd like for me to pray with you. Would you slip your hand up all over the auditorium in the balcony? All over. I'm not sure of my salvation. Would you pray for me about that? Thank you. Someone else today? I'm not sure of my salvation. Would you just pray with me about that this morning? Anyone else today? Maybe someone would say, Brother Mike, 
God's touched my heart in some way today. Maybe to serve God in a deeper way. Maybe to get more involved. Maybe I'm just more thankful today after hearing from these children of how God has blessed me and my family. But in some way, God has touched my heart today. Would you slip your hand up all over the auditorium? God spoke to my heart. Thank you. Thank you. God spoke to my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Many, many hands. I'm going to pray and then turn it over to the pastor. The music will begin. It's the decision time today. If you need to accept Christ as your Savior, someone raise your hand. Maybe you'll come forward and, and, and kneel here at the altar and let someone pray with you. Maybe you just need to come and get by yourself. Maybe we have families, young people that want to slip over to your mom and dad and come and pray with them. Whatever the need, this is your time to, to meet with God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. May all that's been said and done bring honor and glory to you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for always being willing to work in our hearts and lives, even though we're undeserving. Pray for those who raise their hand today for whatever need they may have, that they would find that need met today before they leave. Bless this time we have, and we ask you these things in Christ's name. Amen.